Welcome back to Momming Up Podcast. This is Chelsea, and we have a special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself, or you want me to introduce you? I'm Chelsea's grandma, Carol Primo, and I'm just helping her out today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my answers are going to be. <laughs> yes, so this is, um, I gave her a brief overview of what we'll be talking about today. Um, but this is all, it's not staged. She hasn't answered them yet. So, um, the, one of the first questions I have is how many children do you have? I have, I had five and, and I lost this, my son and I have four daughters. Okay. And, um, can you name them? Roxanne, Rhonda, Terry, and Tammy. And then... My son's name was Raleigh. And he was in between? Tammy and Terry. Okay. Um, so I guess just jumping right in, um, what is your favorite memory with your oldest, Roxanne? That she was real tiny, and she was the only one for six years, and so she was kind of like an adult for being with all of us, and she could probably carry on a conversation on the telephone more than most grown-ups can. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now, that everyone texts all the time. Um, what is your favorite memory with Rhonda, who is Rhonda, next? Rhonda was a, a unique little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my son. Sounds like Braxton. <laughs> uh, she was probably the one that kept me going more, but... But I loved her. Yeah. Kept you on and your I toes? Yeah, she yeah. kept me on my toes. <laughs> um, and then next is Terry, right? Terry, yes. What's some of your, or one of your favorite memories with Terry? Terry was more of a quiet little girl, but she was real sweet. But she didn't talk until she, her brother started talking, and she thought it was cute, so she started talking. So... When she started talking, she had trouble in school because no one could understand her. Because <laughs> she got everything by point. Okay, okay. And Uncle Raleigh, who is the one who passed away, uh-huh. he and Terry are how close in age? They are probably about a year and a half. She, She's 56 now, and he would be 55, I think, or 54. How old is your dad? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know how old my dad is. Because is the day before Christmas and always was the day after Christmas. But right around the same yeah. age. Uh-huh. Um, I know this is kind of going off topic of, as far as like favorite memories with each kiddo, but since I'm going to have one so close in age to Braxton, what are some pointers you have for moms who have kids so close in age? Well, actually they're pretty easy to raise because they're both together all the time you just have to not try to you still treat them all the same mm-hmm. both the same and and when they got older they were like closest together and they played together and mm-hmm. so so it gets easier as they get older yes yeah well and then it probably helped that you had Roxanne and Roxanne be my oldest she was probably had it the worst because she got to babysit all oh. <laughs> What a bummer. And she did she get paid or no? No. Yeah. 
<laughs> free. But, but they're the only ones, the other kids being they were younger and they were all mama and daddy's kid, girl, kids. They didn't want no one else but Roxanne. Mm-hmm. They even. loved Roxanne. Yeah. It was like their second mom, huh? Uh-huh. Um, so what was your favorite or is your favorite memory of Uncle Raleigh? Probably because he was all boy. Mm-hmm. When he was born, he was the only boy in the nursery, and he looked all boy, and the little girls' babies were all sweet, and he looked like a boy. Yeah. <laughs> there was no mistaking it that he was a boy. That's fun. Um, and then Tammy is your youngest. Uh-huh. Because well, she was born when Raleigh was 10, so she was kind of a... Well, I'm not saying she was unexpected because all kids come from God. Mm-hmm. But she was like an only child. Mm-hmm. So, and she was, she, of course, she had the older sisters all babysitter. And, her, and she was probably easier than the others because then I had more time for her. And it wasn't as pressured as much as working all the time with the other kids. Yeah. Was it kind of difficult in the sense that you had kids who were older in school and then also raising a younger one at the same time? No. no? Actually, I kind of enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Give you more alone time with her? Mm-hmm. And... Okay. Um, and that's your favorite memory with Tammy, just mm-hmm. being able to have that extra time with uh-huh. her? Okay. And then, I know I didn't ask you about this before we started recording, but and if you're not comfortable about talking about it, you don't have to, but my mom has told me that you've had miscarriages before. I had a tubal pregnancy between Roxanne and Rhonda. And then between Rhonda and Terry, I had a miscarriage. Okay. Um, I know that, especially nowadays, more people are starting to talk about it a little more. But I know, like, in the past, like, before I even got pregnant, I knew that it was never something that was, like, talked about or shared about. Uh-huh. What was, like, your biggest struggle when you were going through... The miscarriages. Well, the tubal pregnancy. It was hard because I we just had Roxanne and then we were wanting another one and then with the tubal pregnancy there was a lot of pain there and it would could have been worse but it was, but but it was everything and when I the morning I was going to have the surgery I just felt that bees because I knew. God was going to be there with me. Did you have someone that you were able to talk to? Like, was your support, was it grandpa, your husband, or? My grandpa, yeah, my husband. Your husband. And then with your miscarriage. Well, that was, was kind that... of, I had, that was between Rhonda and Terry. So Rhonda and Roxanne were little. And, and then my mother-in-law come and stay with me and you for a week. Well, I was getting over that, so who yeah. is? So, so you had support? Yeah, I had yeah. support. That's good. Um, so I guess my next question would be, what is your favorite, like, your most favorite thing about being a mom? Well, let's see. Well, I knew I had to be there for them, but I was proud of each one, and... And I know sometimes I wasn't there like I wanted to be because I worked all the time. And I felt bad because I had to be gone in the mornings, get up in the morning and leave them, get ready for school by themselves. And But 
but I loved them all. And I just love being their mom. Mm -hmm. It's just a feeling that you, a general feeling, your favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, So being a working mom, how, I know you said, you just said that it was pretty hard leaving them and letting Mm -hmm. them. How did you kind of cope with that? Did you just have to remind yourself daily that it was okay or? Well, it was hard because I wish I could have been there with them. And I believe all moms, it's nice when they're home, when the kids come home from school and mm-hmm. be there in the morning to get them off to school. And, and I like taking them to school and doing things because I knew they were, they had gotten there. And, mm-hmm. But sometimes I couldn't do that, so I had to depend on them to take mm-hmm. care of themselves. Did you have to hire like babysitters or were they had, pretty- uh, one time I had my niece come and stay with us, and she was there then after. Mm-hmm. So, but still wasn't the same. Yeah. Family, but yeah, still wasn't you able to be home with them. Um, what would you say is your heart, the hardest part about being a mom? When they got older and started doing things and worrying about them. Mm-hmm. Well, Just- and then especially after I lost... My son, I worry more about him. Mm-hmm. Being out on their Being own. Being out on their own. And and when they went somewhere, and I tried to to not nag at him about things. But in fact, I was told by my youngest daughter one time, just because we lost one, that we had to, had to let them go, you know, and do mm-hmm. their so. So I kind of turned them over to God. and. But I worry about them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the grandkids. So I worry about them as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... I definitely agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Having a child and realizing, you know, God's just lending them to me. Yeah. They're not really mine. Uh-huh. It's so hard, especially knowing your loss with yeah. Uncle Raleigh and then just, like, children with SIDS, sudden mm-hmm. infant death syndrome. Um, it's just... You, there's stuff you can't control. Uh-huh. And so and I've it's, got a nice little poem that's about uh, your children just being alone. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. it's You have to remind yourself almost daily that, mm-hmm. you know, they're, as much as I love them and they're my children, yeah. they're God's children. Uh-huh. And he's just letting me borrow them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess my next question, and this might it might create more conversation, but... As far as, like, when you became a mom, um, how did you, after you were done having children, so after Tammy, um, or in between even, how did you find, like, a way to have your own hobbies and do things outside of just being a mom? Well, I didn't really do too much at first because I didn't drive or anything yet, but then when I started driving and I did have time with having coffee with my neighbors but then it wasn't till probably till after Tammy I had Tammy that I started bowling and doing things mm-hmm. and then I belonged to a sorority one time and did things with them so otherwise I really didn't do much of anything till after Tammy got a little older yeah after I had Tammy until you were kind of done having children. 
Um, how did you decide, how did you and Grandpa decide, you know, after Tammy that you guys, you know, you didn't want any more children? Well, because I was older. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? But I always had kids around because all my kids brought their friends, all their friends were over at our house and I was always mom to all of them. Mm -hmm. And then my grandkids, I would become grandma to all their friends. Mm -hmm. And I've taken them all to school and picked them up. And now I don't know if I'm going to be around when Braxton and my great grandkids get away. If you I will. am, I probably won't be able to drive. <laughs> we'll let you tag along in the passenger yeah. seat. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, as far as like you said, you did bullying and stuff like that. Like, how did you get into that? Did you have mom friends that? Oh, um, yeah, I had friends at bowled. Mm-hmm. And then I started painting too. And, okay. And we kind of bought, I become friends with a lot of people that had lost family, kids. Mm-hmm. So we started painting, we called the, the support group. And so. so I know nowadays there's Facebook groups for people like for support, uh-huh. um, for things like people who have lost their children. How did you find support groups like that? Just talking with people and... I, I found that I could talk myself out of things better than I tried a, a group one time, but it, it seemed like each one has their own feelings mm-hmm. about things and I just, I do better telling myself to just, mm-hmm. it's uh, what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you can't quit living. You just go on with life. And yeah. But. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's fun. It's nice to talk to people about the ones that you. I like to talk about them. Yeah. Because it keeps them alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so kind of off subject from that a little bit. But I know that you and Grandpa and the family moved quite a bit. Uh-huh. So how did you move so much with so many kids? <laughs> Do you remember? Well, it wasn't easy, but I guess in them days you went where your husband went. So, mm-hmm. so when we he decided we, what we were gonna do, I packed up everything and and I know I had bags and bags of stuffed toys because I took everything and and I felt bad about it, but what else was I gonna do? Mm-hmm. So. And I know my kids had to change schools a lot, and I feel bad for that, but you can't. you got to live in the future now. You can't live in the past. Yeah, can't go back and change things. Um, was, like, when you guys were moving, was it hard to find, like, support people for you? Like, as a mom, I know you had grandpa, but I think it's important to find, like, friends and support outside of your husband. I had a lot of friends when we ever moved apartment and I met people in the apartments and, and so and you're good at pretending to be friendly yeah <laughs> I'm teasing you <laughs> I'm real friendly when I get to be in but no I had a lot of yeah. friends yeah in fact I forgot I'd like to find some of them out but I don't know where they all are mm-hmm. Yeah, and it as much as you could search them on Facebook, you don't know if it's really them. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I know that you are really strong in your faith. So how, I know for me, raising Braxton and Addie and now Brindley, 
um, well not now, but in November, um, I want to make sure that they're set on a stable, like, you know, Jesus is our savior, God is our everything, like, I want them to have a good faith. How did you kind of try and instill that in all of your kiddos? Well, I probably didn't do as good a job as I should have. I know I grew up, didn't go to church, but I went to always Bible schools mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I probably did better with the, I tried to get them to go to church, but sometimes it's hard to get kids to go to church. And Terry and Raleigh, we, they probably went more to Bible schools and camps and things and the Roxanne Rhonda. Mm -hmm. And then Tammy, she was brought up in the church. And I know they all believe and have it in their heart, but, but sometimes I wish they would all go to church more than but but, but you just gotta pray about them. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's another thing. You just kind of have to trust that you've given them mm -hmm. enough as they were growing up to know God and have a, at least have a relationship with him. Uh -huh. And even if that means, for them, it means not going to church. I mean, I know you they just believe. hope. I yeah. know they believe. I think just sometimes when you go to church and have your friends in church, that you, things go better than... Mm -hmm. You have your faith yeah. group of friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I guess, um, trying to think of some of the questions that, um, Michael asked me in the first podcast. Oh. <laughs> um, what is some of the best advice you ever got as a mom? Like what's some of the best? Well, to be there for them mm -hmm. if they need you. Even if they don't want your advice, you give it to them sometime. But just know that you're there and you love them all and you know, hope that they do mm -hmm. things are good for them. Yeah. And, and they do the right thing. Yeah. Um, so with each child you had, after you ha gave birth, like during your postpartum, what was some of the biggest struggles you had during postpartum? Getting up at night. <laughs> with the babies. I wasn't very patient with me when they woke up at night because I like didn't like getting up. Your beauty sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you like? Did any of them sleep through the night like right away or? Roxanne slept through the night. Rhonda did. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, me and Roxanne was going to send her back one time. Yeah. <laughs> I think my mom told me that story. <laughs> Roxanne said, had said something like, can we send her back? Or <laughs> can we take her back? Um, I think Terry, Raleigh, and Tammy all started sleeping nights pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so as a mom of multiple children... What's some advice you would give a mom of multiple children? Just treat them all the same and let them know you love them and, and just be there for them. Mm -hmm. um, did you ever find it like difficult with each of them like being in different stages of life? Trying to like make sure you're giving them the right advice or... 
Well, each child is different, so it's kind of, and, and then when they get older, they're kind of not, they're more your friend when they get older than your child. Mm -hmm. And and you kind of try to give them advice. Sometimes they don't want to listen, but, but I think they pretty much listen when you kind of talk to them. And mm -hmm. if you're there and if you're living the life that you should be, and then a lot of times, maybe a long time ago, we weren't always living the life that should be, but it's true date you can't go back like I said in the past you have to mm -hmm. just do the right thing and, and know that they're going to do the right thing yeah so I know you've said a couple times you know you got to live in the future you can't go back in the past but if there's one thing you could change in the past what what would that one thing be that I could be in one place stayed in one place and not had to work and be home with my kids and bring them up in church. Mm -hmm. um, if you could choose one place to have stayed, where where would you have stayed? Probably Minnesota mm -hmm. with all the family. Where all your family is? Because mm -hmm. you had immediate family there and Grandpa had immediate family, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And so when you guys, that's where you guys met and first and started their family, family, right? Yeah. Okay, so where did you guys end up going after Minnesota? No, we went to uh, North Dakota, Grand Forks. Okay, and that's where my mom was born, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what? How did you guys end up in Oregon? Because Roland had a bad throat trouble talking, and they told him he should go where it was more damp and stuff. So we ended up in Oregon. Oh. Oregon. Okay. And you guys moved to Oregon when um, the kids were how old? Terry was six months old and we come out here to Oregon. But then he couldn't find work so we ended up going back. And no, that was before Terry was born. Then we went back and we ended up in Wisconsin and then we, then we were going to have Terry and, uh, and Roland always said he was going to come back to work. So when she was six months old, we'd come back to work. Okay. Um, and then you guys stayed in Oregon from there or? No, then we were here and Raleigh was born here and Tammy was born here. But then when Tammy was six, we went to Alaska for mm -hmm. eight years. And then you guys moved back then to Oregon. Back to work. Okay, and that was more so because of everything that happened with Uncle yes. Raleigh passing. Okay. Um, if you think if if you think Uncle Raleigh, if he wouldn't have passed away, do you guys think you would have stayed in Alaska? Well, probably more because when we were known, Raleigh had his heart attacked and he had a six pass then, mm -hmm. and then then he worked. At, on the slope in 10 years exactly his heart went bad again so that's when he had to quit working so we might have stayed in Oklahoma. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think we planned on working for a while and coming back and him and Raleigh was going to buy do something together. Okay and you guys um did you always own your own bakery? I know, I know no, you guys No, we just, we worked for people. The only one we owned was here in Malala. Okay. What was the hardest part about 
and I don't know how old the kids were at that time, but the hardest part about owning a business and being a mom at the same time. It was hard. It was hard? Yes. Is there one specific thing that made it hard? Well, because I used to have to get up at four and come to work. Then I'd run home, get kids off to school, and do a little housework. Then I'd come back and work in the bakery and do decorate. And then, then I'd go be home in the afternoon. In later years, I got to be home and the kids come home. So in a way, you got to, it was hard, but you still kind of got to do those things that you wish you could have done more, Mm -hmm. like take them to school and pick them up. That makes it kind of nice being Uh able. Um, And then owning your own business, was it difficult? Like, did you feel like you were a mom at the business too, because you had employees and stuff? No, I felt like a mom, but it was just... It was just hard to work and be able to raise your family and feel to be there for them. Have that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that all your children are adults, and you're a grandma now and a Gigi to uh-huh. some, Gigi, great grandma, um, what has been your favorite thing about being a grandma? Well, I've got to see all my grandkids grow up and most of them being married. And then they started having their kids, so I get to be great-grandma. And it just been, and I've been able to take them to school and do things with them. And, but I just know they have a grandma, so they can be there for them. But I try to be, still like to do things for them, and I still, I worry about them too. Yeah. <laughs> um. I know a lot of people say the best thing about being a grandma is you can have the kids and then give yeah, them back. Yeah, take them back. <laughs> you don't have to keep <laughs> them. Um, <clears throat> and then I guess, um, has there ever been anything like difficult when it comes to being a grandma, like hard or? The only thing that was the hardest is when my first granddaughter was born because Tammy was only two, so it wasn't real exciting because I still had Tammy at home. Mm-hmm. So they were so close. <laughs> so I still had to be careful when I had Brandy around because I didn't want to make Chelsea or Tammy be mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. <laughs> and so how many grandkids do you have? You have... I have... One, two, three, four, five, eight, six, nine, seven. Eleven. 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 Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then of those eleven, two, three of them have had children of their own correct? Myself, Brandy, and Ryan? Uh-huh. Okay. And the, Ryan and Mandy have two. Uh-huh. And Brandy, Brandy has, has two. two. And then I'll have three. Uh-huh. So you'll have seven, yeah. right? Seven great grandkids? Yeah. Yes. I count Addie. And- Addie, yeah. Braxton, and Brindley. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then let me see. I'm trying to think of some of the questions that we had. Um, I guess kind of just wrapping up in the one of the, like the biggest things I think I want people to be able to take away from this podcast is um, like what would you, what's the biggest advice you would give to a new mom to help them understand like, yes, you're a mom, but you have the right to 
to be have your own independence and do stuff outside of just being a mom like how how should a new mom take care of herself well she just should be don't forget that she's got to have her own life too but still you're there your your baby's mom and you got to be there for them and give them a bring them up right Mm -hmm. and you just can't forget forget them mm-hmm. and give them a good life and but no be there for them but then you gotta have your time to, mm-hmm. to do things fill your cup so you can fill okay. theirs mm-hmm. awesome all right well thank you grandma uh-huh i appreciate it <laughs> listeners i appreciate you tuning in uh-huh. uh don't forget to like and um subscribe to the podcast on spotify Welcome back, fellow moms. Um, this is Momming Up Podcast. This is Chelsea. You guys have just me tonight. Um, I am sitting on our deck out back. So if you hear dogs, if there's a little bit of a breeze, I apologize. But taking advantage of the warm, coolish weather that we're having here in Oregon. So taking care of myself. A little bit of self-care while we podcast this afternoon or this evening. Um, today's topic that I wanted to talk about with you guys is self-care. Um, I work in the field of social work and so it is something that is constantly talked about in my career. Uh, outside of just being a mom and then uh, being a mom it's something that not many moms really identify as something that's priority Um, and I think that's pretty common Uh, I don't think it's anything that we have to necessarily be ashamed of Um, so yeah we're gonna just kind of jump right on in I first wanted to talk about kind of why I think we have to have self-care in general as moms. Um, And I think a lot of it has to do with that mom guilt that we can have. Um, I was actually looking it up earlier today. Reasons why moms experience mom guilt. Um... Some of it can be from personal insecurities, outside pressures from family, friends, social media, and any other source. Um, I personally don't have, I mean, I obviously have insecurities, but I personally don't have any like outside pressures from family or friends. Um, But I think social media is a huge, huge role in mom guilt, especially like now in current age um I think about Instagram and how people are often um posting pictures and videos of birth these like immaculate huge birthday parties they're having for their kids um baby showers um even new baby announcements 
it's like there's this somewhat pressure to almost share on social media these like perfect picture moments which don't get me wrong I love pictures I love capturing family photos my sister-in-law who hopefully I'll be able to get onto this podcast uh here soon she's pretty busy but um she is a photographer and I think it's so important to have family photos maternity photos newborn photos all all the photos but um I think social media has become such an outlet for some of those highlights and so it it can really cause that guilt that moms have um even just like scrolling through um an instagram feed or on facebook uh scrolling through and just seeing these things uh, and just feeling that pressure like well i didn't do that for his first birthday or even like now being pregnant with brindley um i feel guilty in the fact that I haven't been taking like weekly photos like I did with Braxton um I mean granted it's because I have Braxton a one and a half year old almost two year old um and so it just makes it harder to take those pictures um but I feel guilty that I haven't been able to especially not knowing if this will be our last pregnancy um I feel like our family will be complete after this, but it's just mom guilt, I think, is the main reason it's so important to have that self-care as a mom, and so that's why I wanted to make sure that um, it was one of the first episodes, um, or podcast episodes, I guess, um, that I talked about with you guys. Um... I also think personal insecurities can play a huge role into that um, as well. Um, Scrolling through Instagram and allowing that to personally affect you can be really hard. Um, I know for myself, if I am scrolling through Instagram, or sometimes I find myself even scrolling through Pinterest, um... Or like baby shower ideas or um, birthday ideas. Um, I'll be scrolling through and it's like, oh, I want to make that, want to make that happen, which is fine. It's good to have a goal um, and to have a vision. Um, but I think oftentimes we put so much pressure on ourselves um, as mothers. Uh, so much so that sometimes I feel like that pressure isn't necessarily needed. Um, so that's why we are going to talk about self-care um, and why I feel it's so important for us as moms. Um, and like I said, being in the field of social work, we talk about self-care a lot. I think something that has caused me to feel like callous to the concept of self-care is oftentimes it's like suggestions of like you know go for a walk take a shower um do your hair do your makeup 
but especially as moms, I feel like that's something that we should be able to do irregardless. Like, that should not be a form of self-care. So I'm going to actually pull up a list of some things moms can do for self-care. Some of it is for busy moms. Um, Some of it is for moms who might have a little more extra time. Um, So the first one on this list is focus on physical. This has a lot to do with that like take a walk concept, but I feel like a lot of that like just take a walk is so like minuscule like you should be able to do that anyways like it shouldn't be a form of self-care um but something I like that was included in this um was like go out like make a day of it and go out on like a kayak or um to a lake uh or even just spending time in your garden um We don't have one this year, but we are hoping to have one next year. And I can totally see myself just getting lost in that. Um, The only additional thing with that that I am getting kind of tripped up on is that you're taking care of something. (laughs) Um, And you're already taking care of your kiddos, so it makes it hard to want to go out and take care of a garden on top of that but I can totally see myself using that as a form of self-care which is good um another thing they have on the list is give your brain a boost um I really like this one reading a good book I honestly cannot remember the last time I read a good book um maybe it was two years out of college, a year out of college that I read a good book. (laughs) Um, That's something I definitely need to work on. Something that I could definitely put more effort into. Um, Some other things to help boost your um, brain activity, write in your journal, Uh, sketch something you love, or pick up a coloring book. I know for me, oftentimes, especially with work, if I'm in training, I will tend to color while listening, and that just helps me focus. Um, This next one on the list is a little against how I feel um, about self-care. As I mentioned, you know, like taking a bath or taking a shower, that's something you should be able to do. That shouldn't be included in self-care, but um, I'll go ahead and add it in here anyways. Um, But they say pamper yourself, um, relax in a hot bath, play on a spa day, which I love that because that's, you're taking time out of your day planning something to go somewhere um, and enjoying a spa. I've never been to one, but I mean... Hint, hint, Michael, if you want to take me, I mean, or drop me off. (laughs) Um, I think that would be awesome. Uh, Sneak in a nap. I don't necessarily like the fact that they use the word sneak because, heck, we're moms. We shouldn't have to sneak anything in except for snacks. (laughs) 
Um, and then also says give yourself a facial, which is good, but at the same time, have someone else give it to you. Go, go do it on your own. Like, don't do stuff for yourself. Like, have others do things for you when you're doing self-care is my point of view. (laughs) This is a huge one that I think a lot of times, especially as you get married and have children, you're a wife and a mom. It can be so hard to remember this, but it's so important. Find time for your friends. Um, So important. I have, I think, maybe one or two, like, super close friends. And it's so important that you keep in contact with them. Even if it's a short text, just to say, hey, saying hi, I miss you. Um, Just so they know that you're thinking of them. Um, It's so important to stay in contact with your friends. It's so important. Um, Some of those ways you can stay in contact with them. And finding time for them. Have lunch at a new restaurant, which I love that. That It takes planning to find a new restaurant and go out to eat. It takes time out of your day to, like, go and do something out of the ordinary. Um, you can volunteer with a friend. You can join a book club or mom's group. Um... And I, I'm not in the Portland area, but they also mentioned go to an art walk, like in Seattle or Tacoma, any of those areas. This one I thought was pretty interesting that they have here on this list. Um, Take a leap. Um, So go and do something that you've never done before. You can go with your spouse. You can go by yourself. Um... They have a couple things on here. Go-kart racing. Lo- visit a local landmark for the first time. Geocaching. Um, I know a lot of people do that with their kids. I never thought about doing it on my own. <laughs> um, they also have indoor rock climbing. Start writing your memoir. Which I thought was really cool. Um, or heck, even start your own podcast. Whatever you got to do, something that takes planning is my, is my go-to answer. Um, Another thing on this list is hone in on your skills, which I like, but some of the stuff they have listed isn't necessarily my favorite, like up your cooking game by trying a new and different recipe. I don't know about you moms, but... I honestly hate cooking because I hate having to come up with what to have for dinner. Like, I swear, I always, I tell everyone, no one told you the worst thing about adulting is having to come up with, not only come up with what to have for dinner, but you also have to cook it. It's literally the worst. (laughs) Um... But they also have get back into a sport you love, which I I love that. I um, was on dance team in high school, and I have been wanting to get into a dance class to just get back into it. Um, 
I think it'd be so fun um, getting back into a hobby that I had since I don't know how how old I was in sixth grade. <laughs> um, but I think that would be so fun to get it back into that and meet people like around my age. It's just been something I've been super nervous to do. So hold me accountable, guys. Um, take a painting or drawing class, strum that guitar you've neglected. Um, so as much as I didn't like the first one on this list, on the hone your skills, um, about the cooking, I do like the other things they have listed. I mean, you're just picking up things you used to do before you became a mom, which I love. Um, I think that definitely helps you regain that identity you have outside of motherhood Um, and I love that the next thing on this list they have is get silly sing along to your favorite music host a game night go see a comedy show or dance in your living room Um, my husband and I actually went on a date night I think it's Harvard's comedy club out in Portland Um, we don't go to Portland often for many reasons (laughs) and we haven't been there in a quite some time. Um, but man, it was good. It was fun to, like I said, plan a date night, get out of the house, do something out of the ordinary. And on top of that, you're laughing. You are watching a comedian and it was a great time. Um, another one they have on this list is prepare to unwind. Um, not a super fan of this first one, Mm -mm. but it's okay. Um, fill your pantry with your favorite teas and healthy snacks so they're there when you want them. Um, healthy snacks. Yes, of course. That's good. But... I also think as a mom, having to restock the pantry is the worst thing, one of the worst things in the world outside of deciding what to make for dinner. Um, So I don't know if I necessarily would group that into self-care. But then they also have listed, which I love this, is stock up on basic self-care items like sunscreen lotion cough syrup, fun ones like nail polish, essential oils, and bath products. Those last three are my favorite. Um, I'm super into essential oils. Love all the products that Young Living has to offer. So, um, if you're interested in those, hit me up. But I use that as a form of self-care. I actually just ordered some face cleansers and lotions from them and so I'm super excited to try that um and then there's also another thing under prepare to unwind find a space in your house that you can prep with comfort like a favorite blanket pillow or go-to relaxing spot and oh my goodness I am so excited I just ordered my very first uh barefoot dreams blanket and I cannot wait. I got it um, for when I go into labor with baby girl. But 
Um, I am super excited to get it. It is going to be my blanket. I'm not going to share it. <laughs> Staying in my bedroom. Michael can't borrow it. It's mine. <laughs> it's pink, so hopefully he won't want it. Um, but yes. So that is kind of the list that they have. Um, it's from Kaiser Permanente. Nine essential self-care tips for busy moms. Um... But I was also interested in knowing, um, like, why moms don't do self-care. Um, so I looked that up. Let me pull this up. I know I personally find it hard to do self-care. Because it means that I have to also have someone else watch my child. And I don't know how many of you are listening who know my child, Braxton. (laughs) He's very malcontent. um, So he's very picky with who watches him. And my mom actually is the one who watches him Monday through Thursday uh, when I'm working And so, to ask her to watch him for an additional day or evening is hard um, because I know my mom is my mom and I know she needs self-care as well, (laughs) Um, especially watching Braxton. It can be a lot. Um, So, I find it hard to kind of let go of that. Um, and I also, because Braxton is so malcontent, I find it hard to find interest in looking for a different setter outside of my mom, because I get, I get so worried that he's going to get so worked up. Um, I know we mentioned this in one of the first, in the very first podcast, but, um, he has suffered from breath holding spells and so he gets so worked up that he um he gets so worked up that he will cry and hold his breath and pass out and so I try and do my best to avoid getting letting him get upset and so that's another reason I find troubles letting anyone else watch him other than my mom (laughs) um But a fact that I thought was interesting was uh, that I found when looking up why moms don't participate in self-care is moms have a tendency to put yourself last. Um, According to a joint survey done by Healthy Women and Working Mother, 78% of moms report they put off taking care of their own health because they were too busy looking after their loved ones. And that makes my heart, like... it breaks my heart Um, because that's so many moms putting themselves last Um, not only putting their children first but also their husbands Um, just so many so many moms experiencing 
things that we have no idea they're experiencing. Um, and yet here we have these Instagram reels, um, or pages that show up as like perfect, like, and then there's all these moms who are not taking care of themselves on top of that. Um, and then on top of that, there's also mom shaming. And that, let me, it just makes me so sad that moms have this feeling that they just, they don't, they can't reach out to anybody. Um, and that they, they don't have the right to take care of themselves. It's just so sad. Um, but I also wanted to bring up, um, I know when I spoke with Michael, he had asked, um, on the first podcast, he had asked about mom shaming and kind of what that was. And so I wanted to pull up the definition, um, of that. Mom shaming happens when people criticize a mother for making parenting choices that differ from the choices they have made or would make themselves. For example, if you don't breastfeed your child, you're doing it wrong. Mom shaming should not be a thing, guys. We should not be looking down or criticizing what other moms are doing. Or in the atmosphere our world is in right now, we shouldn't be criticizing anyone for anything they do differently. If it's not hurting you or them physically or mentally, it's none of your business. <laughs> um, I'm a firm believer in everyone is, is making the choices they believe is best and what's right for themselves and their children and their families. And we should all respect that, especially as moms who we know how hard it can be being a mom and and then shaming others for doing something differently. It's it blows my mind that it even has to be something, a subject to talk about mom shaming. It's just horrible. Um. Anyways, I don't want to end on mom shaming, so um, I actually um, saw something on, of course, Instagram. Um, It was a challenge that uh, a mom had put out there for other moms, and I'm going to pose it to you guys. Um, So the next time you're with like an aunt or sister or anyone who's a mom... Take some candid pictures of them being a mom. So, like, wiping their kid's nose, opening up a snack, like, running after them, changing a diaper. I mean, do anything. (laughs) But take some candid pictures and send it to them um, after you have, like, parted ways. So, if you won't see them again that day, like, send send them the pictures. Um, It is so encouraging to see them um I know that I take candid pictures of my husband with 
the kids all the time and so to to be with another fellow mom and then after you're done hanging out with them to get those pictures it's amazing you get to look back and see those moments when you were being a a mom and not even thinking about it (laughs) um and to have those candid pictures is so awesome um so that is my challenge for you guys to like I said next time you're with your your sister or your mom or um an aunt or a friend um and they're a mom take some candid pictures of them um in the moments of them just being mom Uh, don't say anything to them just take some candid pictures send it to them after you like have left like parted ways and then let them do with those pictures what they please if they want to post them if they just want to keep them let them have them um i just think it's a great challenge and i think it's really uplifting i think it really turns around how we can see ourselves as moms so i know you just got me this time for this podcast i do have someone in mind for next week um i am so thankful you are joining in to listen and i hope you guys have a great weekend um Again, thank you for uh, subscribing and making sure you like the podcast. You can um, continue to listen on Spotify and never forget, you are always momming up.